Hi diddly ho preparinos, the preparedness guy here on Preparedness Works. Before we get started, I want to mention the sponsor of today's episode. Sawyer products offer the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, water, injuries, everything from insect repellents to water filtration. The filters are used in disaster situations all around the world, so whether you are in the backcountry or in the backyard, check out Sawyer.com to learn more. Now back to the show. Have you ever been kayaking? I'm going to share you a little bit of a story of kayaking and how it helped me be more prepared. Now, this isn't about using a kayak to evacuate, although if I lived on Manhattan, I would certainly have some sort of boat to get me across the Hudson River. What I'm talking about is a lesson I learned from kayaking when I was a teenager. I was in the Boy Scouts and we got to do a lot of fun things. And um, when you get old enough, you get to do high adventure activities, which include rappelling or going on long hikes, going to uh, basically more, more dangerous activities. And one of these was kayaking and whitewater rafting at the Salmon River High Adventure Base in Idaho. It was out in the... Um, the wilderness of Idaho and on the Salmon River. They have this high adventure base that's set up there. You you go, you have to cross over the river to get there like in this basket. You set up camp. They have uh, the tents there for you to sleep in. But you're basically isolated out here and you spend the next few days learning to go on the river and then then going on the river, having a lot of fun. But before we are allowed to even go into the water, there were some things we had to do. And one of those was to inspect and learn to use our equipment. And that was a raft or a kayak. They had big inflatable rafts. They had kayaks. And One day you went rafting, one day you went kayaking, and a third day you got to choose which one you wanted to do, whichever one you liked the best. And... You're inspecting all the equipment, you learn how to use it, you learn how to work together as a team on on land for the raft and for the kayak, you do all of this uh, training on land before you you ever get to touch the water. Uh, we also looked at the, so the, the boat, the raft or the kayak, the oars, nose plugs, life jacket, helmet, and we learned how to use them. We learned all the safety rules what to do if you fall in, how to keep from falling in, uh, how to just overall keep yourself safe when something went wrong because it was most likely going to happen. For the kayak, we placed it on solid ground and we sat in it and we pretended that we were going down a river. And they said, when you get capsized by the rapids, and of course, Smug little teenager me thought, oh, no, it's not going to happen. I'm going to beat this river. Uh, of course, I'd never been kayaking on a river, so I didn't know what to expect, but I was sure I was up to the challenge. But I paid attention anyway, safety first. And we're sitting there practicing how to exit the kayak if you flip over. And they said, when you find yourself underwater, you need to feel Feel for the strap that's on the skirt. Now, the skirt is 
It's uh, well, it's like a skirt. It goes around your waist at the top of it, and then the bottom of it stretches over the lip of the kayak. And when you put that on, you have to remember to keep the strap outside of of the skirt. You don't fold it under and fasten it on. Otherwise, you don't have anything to grab onto. So some things you have to consider when you're getting ready. Set yourself up. Put this, so the strap's out. We're sitting there in the skirt, pretending to, to row fastened into this kayak. And then they said, okay, you flipped over. What do you do? So we just felt for the edge of the kayak or the lip of where we're sitting in, ran our hands up to the front, found the strap, pulled it, pushed down by our waist, pushed ourselves out of the kayak, and then we would flip over and um, come to the surface if we were in the water. We practiced this over and over and over. We're sitting there on the ground, just finding, we'd secure ourselves in, and we'd have to close our eyes, find the strap, pull it, push ourselves out over and over and over. And then we went into the water and we were in an eddy, this, uh, which wasn't in the, the current of the river. We're just off to the side in a somewhat safe area. We did the same thing. We fastened our skirt on. Someone would tip us over. We would find the strap, pull it, push ourselves out, flip ourselves around and come to the surface. I think we did that a couple times. And by then they said, okay, you're, you're ready to go. And we practiced, we learned everything, and then we were ready to go. They bust us up to a spot upstream. We got in the water and it was pretty cool. And since I'd never been kayaking, uh, this was a new experience for, for myself and, and also the, the rest of the, the troop had not been um, kayaking before either. And maybe a couple of them had. We were having a great time. We're out there floating on the river. It's like we're in little uh, spaceships cruising through space or like we're in Lord of the Rings leaving Lothlorien, headed down the river. That was about the time the movies were out, so definitely something we were interested in. And as we're going down this river, no orcs running down downstream, we're having a great time. It's peaceful. It's calm. We're having so much fun. And then we see the rapids up ahead, the first set of rapids, and it's exciting. And we started going over them. I don't think I was first. I think I see somebody go ahead of me and and they fell over. And I'm going into these rapids thinking, I've got this. And they taught us how to um, how to row through the rapids to keep ourselves up, but it didn't work. Pretty much as soon as I hit them, I went into the river. So there I am, upside down in the river. My eyes are closed. I can't see anything anyway. I'm holding my breath. And I thought, wow, this is pretty serious. River's rushing around me. This is kind of a scary situation. But then I thought, oh, wait, no, you know exactly what to do. This isn't scary at all. You practice this. So I felt around the lip of the of the kayak or where the skirt was, found the strap, pushed it or pulled it and then pushed myself out, flipped over and came to the surface. And I was just fine. Oh, 
surprising. And I realized then that that was so important to be able to train for a specific action. That wow, like I knew exactly what to do. I didn't. I didn't even have to be afraid because I was, I was prepared. I was trained to do this, and it was, it was just kind of an eye-opening experience. Not that I had not ever learned to do anything in my life before, but this was a high adventure higher risk situation. And here I was in what potentially could have been a pretty rough spot, but I stayed calm and just did what I had practiced over and over and over. In the book On Combat by uh, Dave Grossman, he talks about the importance of high fidelity simulations. And the book is written mostly to like a law enforcement um, audience but it still has a lot of lessons for for um, the general population. And he shared a story about a law enforcement agency who practiced at the range by, this is kind of a standard practice for a long time for um, people from local level all the way up to the federal level. They would go on a range and they wanted to practice drawing their weapon and firing quickly. So they would have the weapon ready in their holster and they would, they would draw it, aim at the target, fire two shots, and then reholster. And they would practice this over and over and over, trying to get really fast and accurate at drawing their weapon from the holster, engaging the target it, quickly and accurately. Well, that last bit where they put the gun back in the holster became ingrained in, in people because they made it part of their training without realizing it. And this stopped when there were some confrontations where a law enforcement officer engaged somebody, they drew their weapon, shot twice, and put the weapon away. But the, the um, their adversary wasn't, um, yes, the, the threat wasn't neutralized. So they were still able to draw their weapon. They were fine. Um, but it was a life and death situation. It was with somebody who was, who was violent and um, intending to harm them and others and needed to be engaged. So the, the point there was when we have a high stress situation, we fall back on our, on our training. It's got to be exactly what we need to do. So we need to put all these pieces together, not just the one little action, but go through it. You, you, you learn an action and then you build on it and you build on it and you build on it. You move it all together. Um, if you have not downloaded your free emergency plan from uh, preparednessguy.com, go there and there are some things in there you can, it's uh, it's free to download, uh, put in your email, it sent to your inbox, and it talks about some of the, the likely household emergencies, things like a tornado, earthquake, fire, and has specific things to do in the emergency. There's also some work you can do ahead of time to make sure you know where your shelter area is inside your home, where your evacuation location is um, outside your home. And you can practice these things with your family. Take it bit by bit. You identify these specific things. You identify the shelter location, show them where it is. If there's a tornado warning, this is where we're going. Then you start putting the pieces together. This is how we know if there's a tornado warning. This is how we'll get down to the shelter area. And then you could practice it all together. 
So you put all the pieces together where you go from the alert, hey, we have a tornado warning, to moving from wherever you are to your shelter location. Because what you train is what you do. You can practice specific response actions that you'll need to take. Not everything in preparedness is this specific, but when it comes to response in a life and death situation, there are a lot of things you can do to make sure you are in a good place. Most of preparedness doesn't have to do specifically with the hazard. Most of the preparedness is most of preparedness is based on your needs. It's what needs do I have and how do I meet them? And there can be a whole range of things from food, water, shelter, communication, education, um, mental health, all sorts of things. And you can identify those needs and prepare for them. It doesn't matter what hazard impacts them because it's the same need. You need water, whether it was impacted by one hazard or another. Water is going to always be one of your needs. But when it comes to response, you need to know the hazard, how it will impact you directly and put you in a life-threatening situation, and the immediate actions you can take, and those are the things you practice. So go ahead and download that plan from preparednessguy.com, practice with your family, and maybe try kayaking sometime. <laughs> <laughs>